come back to It's All in My Head. For today's podcast episode, it's titled What Makes a Genius. I'm your host, Lena, and today I'm here with Josh Clark to talk about the topic geniuses. We have no idea what constitutes a genius. To throw the word around and just say anyone's a genius is definitely a word that gets tossed around a lot. According to life sciences, the most common definition of genius falls in the line with Mintz's approach, which is someone with exceptional intelligence. So, thinking about it, what actually defines someone as a genius? And can anyone be considered a genius? The way that we use the word genius now actually uh, is kind of a throwback to its original meaning. Uh, In the Greco-Roman era, the word genius... Uh, really, what it what it described was somebody's um, natural enthusiasm, inclination towards certain activities, not just your your abilities, but you know how revved up you were. So, so somebody who was pretty good at bathroom design would have been considered a genius at bathroom design. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, but actually, thinking about what you said there, I can see why that is. I mean. When you think about it, someone being a genius, I don't automatically assume that they're talking about someone with a high IQ. I mean, you could just be talking about someone that's really good at something and, like, the best in their field. Okay, but, like, where did the word genius, like, come from? And, like, how did people start talking about it? The original idea of genius was enthusiasm, throwing yourself into something where you were into uh-huh. right um and then thanks to a guy named francis galton who he was a pretty smart guy himself but he had a long history of just kind of missing the big picture with his ideas he came up with eugenics sure he was the first one to start attributing um genius to intellect he kind of narrowed it a little more and eventually this led to our idea of genius being quantifiable, e.g. through IQ tests. Okay, so tell me this. How do people, like, try to quantify, like, what a genius is? There's actually two pretty big reasons why quantifying genius is virtually impossible, at least with our current understanding of the mind, and they are? They are. uh, Well, the first one's pretty obvious. Genius is a very subjective thing. Um, Some people think it's like an IQ higher than uh, 140 or 175, I've heard, which, you know, that's uh, just a smart quantifying. Quantify? Quantifier? <laughs> and uh, I'm clearly no genius. And the, the other thing is, like you said, it's a, it's a big picture thing, and science and medical inquiries, that kind of thing, is all about the detail. So it's really hard to, like, analyze and study. Oh, okay, yeah, I see that, because, like, I guess it would be hard to, like, measure something like that on, like, you know, multiple people. How would you define what a genius is? Uh, Tracy B. Wilson, she did a good job just kind of getting rid of the crud that's often associated with genius, and, and just, if you have, like, crazy hair and a big mustache and you know math, you're a genius. She right. got rid of all that, and uh, for the for the purposes of this podcast, we'll adopt her description, right? which was that a a genius is an extraordinarily intelligent person who breaks new ground with discoveries, inventions, or works of art, right? Because you can't just be a really smart person. 
You have to do something with it to truly be a genius. That's what makes a genius. It's not just intelligence, it's intelligence with creative energy. She goes on to say, and I agree, that it, they usually will change the way we look at the world or at least the way people in whatever field they're in look at their field. They make a difference. They're difference makers. Okay, I like your definition of a genius and that you need to meet these requirements in order to be defined as a genius. That someone with a high IQ or something isn't necessarily defined as a genius automatically. Kind of like they need to work for it. So moving on to the brain. What answers might we find here that can determine what parts of the brain might make someone think like a genius? So let's go into the brain. Clearly we're going to find our answers here, right? Mm-hmm, maybe. No. What? Why? Uh, but we should talk about it. The cerebral cortex, as we all know, is the largest and outermost part of your brain. And this is where the higher functions like thought and reasoning happen, as opposed to lower functions like just uh, basic survival, that kind of thing. Uh, the cortex is, uh, cerebral cortex is divided into lobes, and within those lobes there are regions that help you handle specific tasks. And uh, it's, we do know it has a big impact on how we think, uh, but it's a little tricky to study because one reason that Tracy pointed out, which I thought was really valid, is to get an MRI done, you, you're lying there in a tube. You, they can't actively study how your brain operates on a day-to-day -day basis while you're functioning. So I was doing some research, and I heard about this white matter and dark matter, but, like, I don't really know what it means. Oh, and, like, how did Einstein's brain, like, make him a genius? The white matter transmits. The gray matter is, like, uh, problem-solving, I believe. And white matter is used to transmit information. But Einstein's brain was smaller than your average bear's brain. And, um... When, what they finally found, the, the big distinction they found in his brain that was abnormal was that um, his parietal lobe was almost missing this uh, fissure within it that most people have. So he had a very narrow fissure and uh, also wider than, than most. So he had a big parietal lobe, which is um, responsible for sensory input, but it also handles things like mathematics, unsurprisingly enough. So he had a big parietal lobe with a small fissure in between it, which they theorized mean, or meant that his, his uh, parietal lobe could communicate with itself more efficiently, more effectively. And a genius is born. By 26, he proved that atoms, atoms exist. He figured out that light behaves as a particle and a wave. He developed the theory of relativity and the famous equation equals mc squared by 26. Wow. That's impressive that Einstein accomplished that much by the age of 26. I can't imagine what I'll be doing when I'm 26 years old, but I bet I won't be doing anything close to what he was doing back then. Does the volume of gray matter have an effect on your intelligence? Uh, Tracy B. Wilson did point out a cool study from uh, Cal Irvine in 2004, and they, they did pinpoint that the volume of gray matter in parts of the cerebral cortex has a, a greater impact on your overall intelligence than how large your brain is. Can you share with me any other interesting facts about the brain? Uh, some other interesting aspects of the brain um, is that it actually develops, it goes from thicker to thinner as we age. So it goes from undeveloped to uh, the cerebral cortex yeah, thickening. Yeah. And then after adolescence or maybe during adolescence, we it begins to thin. And what, the, what a study in Nature, uh, I think 2006, found was that um, kids whose brains thickened faster in youth tended to have higher IQs. 
And the reason that this could be significant is that they we, we tend to find intelligence as a, a, an inherited trait or what it might be an inherited sure. trait. So this is a physical example of how uh, intelligence could be inherited through organic structure of the brain. So that's intelligence. But that's not genius. So we need to know but about we can't the even, difference. We, but at the same time, we can't even really describe intelligence. Consider, let's, let's talk about the IQ test, all right? The, our, our big um, arousal for the IQ test began in the, in the mid-1920s right. uh, when a uh, psychologist named Catherine Morris Cox published um, the early mental traits of 300 geniuses. And basically she went back from, and it was exhaustive, she used like 1,500 sources and studied the, the work, the traits, the um, contributions mm -hmm. of 300, and actually 301, I don't know why she called it 300, uh, but 301 great minds, and then basically gave them an IQ test based on that, uh, and came up, and the highest rated one was uh, Johann Goethe. Wow, that's impressive. And on that note, I think we should end it here, folks. If you like this kind of content, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more. Thank you for listening to today's episode, What Makes a Genius. I'm your host, Lena, and today we got Josh's take on geniuses. Stick around next week to hear another episode from It's All in My Head.